Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you can be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. This segment of our podcast is called The Check-In, where we both update you guys on where we've been traveling and life updates in 60 seconds or less before we get into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Melanin and Miles. Today I am interviewing Alexis. She's originally from Maryland, but she went to school for her undergrad at Norfolk State. I said Norfolk State. Norfolk State and is now living in St. Thomas, attending University of Virgin Islands for her master's in marine and environmental science. So welcome, Alexis. Thank you. Glad to be here. (laughs) So first, I just want to start off with some quick background on you. Um, I already gave my quick little spiel, but just let the audience know, like, how old you are, um, how you got to where you are today, and, like, what made you decide to go to University of Virgin Islands over all the other master's programs (laughs) closer to home. As Janelle said, my name is Alexis. Um, I went to Norfolk State University and I played basketball there uh, while I was there for four years. I majored in biology and I was in an honors program that required us to do summer internships. And my first one I did at Rice University. It was very lab-based and oriented and I admittedly didn't really enjoy it too much so the next summer when I did the I did an internship the summer before my senior year and it was through UCLA called the diversity project and it was an amazing experience Um, I got to go to UCLA to French Polynesia um, and then back kind of touring uh, grad school programs in California and I got certified to scuba dive. I got to design my own research project as part of a small working group with other students. And it was just an awesome experience. So I decided the summer before I graduated that I wanted to go to grad school for marine science. And I was mainly looking at PhD programs, but as I said, that was my only real marine science experience. Um, All of my other coursework was kind of more pushed towards medicine. So, I got rejected from all the PhD programs I applied to. And I went to a conference called ASLO um, that February before I graduated in May. And I saw like a booth for the University of the Virgin Islands and I had gotten two rejection letters already. So I just grabbed the pamphlet and saw that the applications were open until April. And I figured I probably should apply because I don't know what that third um, 
admissions decision was going to be. And it turns out I got into UEI and I figured it would be a better step anyway for me because it's a master's program. So it's not as big of a time commitment as a PhD program. Um, also, it's in St. Thomas. Like I'm literally on the water. I'm looking out at the beach right now. <laughs> and <laughs> there will be a lot of opportunities for diving, um, getting more certifications and it would probably be cheaper in terms of not having to pay for travel for field seasons if I went to a school like in the mainland US. So here I am. Nice. And so first of all, I feel like that was low key a blessing in disguise because I would much rather be in St. Thomas than <laughs> like many other places here. But um, so how long have you actually been in St. Thomas now? Um, I moved here July 2019, so a little over a year. Okay, cool. And like, how was, like, that's a pretty major move to make. Like, how was the prep for that? Uh, there was a lot of preparation that went into it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like going to like how you found a place to live, like how it was actually getting there, like just go into all that for me. Mm -hmm. So, once we got into the program, like the program coordinators sent out some resources for finding housing and like cars and things like that. This entire island pretty much operates out of Facebook and I was not prepared for that. <laughs> like there's literally a Facebook group that just about everybody who lives here is in. Like somebody will be like, I found a cat on the side of the road. And then somebody else will respond and be like, that's mine. And they'll be like, you drop it off and they'll be like, sure. It's just, it's crazy. I, it blows my mind. But, um, so once we found out like everybody, like we were given the contact information of everybody else who was coming into the program. So uh, some of my classmates reached out to me and wanted to know if I was interested in looking into housing together. And then we got on VI Craigslist. I was skeptical about that too, but you know, it was, I'm in a new apartment that I also found on Craigslist. So can't be that bad, but yeah. So yeah, went on Craigslist, found an apartment with <laughs> people I didn't know, signed the lease before I saw it. Like, hey man, Craigslist, Craigslist is a secret gem. Like, <laughs> it is, I'm, and I had no idea. <laughs> right. And then, like, I feel like with COVID and everything, like, everybody's kind of like just getting places to live without seeing it first. <laughs> yes. Because it's like really impossible. But, um, Okay, and then like, how did funding work out? Like, is your master's kind of paid for already or are you going out of pocket? Uh, so I am blessed. Like you said earlier, like it was kind of a blessing in disguise. It really was because um, one of the like advisors and mentors for the diversity project internship I did in UCLA, um, mm -hmm. once I told her that I was applying to UVI, she told me that one of her uh, colleagues, somebody that she works with really frequently actually works there and is looking for students. So I reached out to him and she put in a good word for me as well. And he's my advisor now. Um, he does coral reef ecology just overall broadly. And he had funding for research assistantships. So on the territorial coral reef monitoring program, that's where I get my funding from. I'm a graduate research assistant. So um, we do a lot of diving and data analysis just to monitor the health of the reef and the fish and all the associated organisms. So um, I get a pretty good living salary there. Um, moving <laughs> down here was really expensive. 
Yeah. So, and like buying my car and everything, that was kind of insane. But once those initial costs were over, like and finished and paid for, um, I make enough that I can be, you know, comfortable enough for a 22 year old working student. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Like some people can barely get out of school with the job and you got <laughs> like paid schooling. Yeah. You can do all that. Like, that's really good. So let's see how was like I know you said you got a car and everything like how was like literally getting everything there like did you just pretty much buy everything you needed once you got there or were you like shipping tons of boxes well <laughs> that's a, uh, shipping here is expensive like super expensive so I didn't really ship anything um as far as just like items in general like moving here like you know you have to get like bedding you need Mm-hmm. Things for your kitchen. You need all that good stuff. I was working at Ross before I came down here, so I went on double oh, discount. Yeah, had- <laughs> I like bought my mattress cover and my sheets and my towels and all that good stuff, and like got a bunch of soap and just brought eighteen thousand suitcases down here <laughs> and paid a bunch like for the plane luggage fee. But that's still yeah. cheaper than it would be to ship things, and it wouldn't take you know eight years. So. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a hassle, you know, flying with like seven suitcases. But, um, <laughs> Did you have at least like family to help you or were you just by yourself when you came down? Yeah, my parents used that as an opportunity to take a random vacation, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. And then my car, uh, shipping a car here, a lot of people do it, but it's it's expensive and then it's so humid here. Oh, and yeah. I, I know somebody whose car like had a leak or like a just an opening somewhere and it rained like on the barge where it came over here and her car was just like filled with mold when it got here and it just oh like, my god ah, like I was so stressed I mean like the moving company paid for it to be like clean the shipping company but still that's just yeah, and then getting switched over and like dealing with the DMV here oh my gosh like I bought a car <laughs> here at this point but it still took me forever like to get the title switched to my name and the registration and the insurance and uh, all the all the things it took a lot but it's definitely worth it because i couldn't be here without a car yeah is it like i don't know is everything like really spread out or i just imagine everything being like much closer together and you wouldn't really need a car the island is literally like 13 miles long but <laughs> the school is on the west end of the island the grocery store is for the most part on the east end of the island i live on the north side of the island okay <laughs> And it's like okay. hills everywhere. So like you just, you just need a car. And then like there's not really sidewalk anywhere except on the flat ground, like on the waterfront, mm-hmm. the really touristy areas, you know, but like you couldn't. Yeah. My previous apartment, I lived a three minute drive from school, but it was like a 20 minute walk, 20 plus. If you book in it, it's 20 minutes. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, so that's a, if you in a rush, walking's not really the move. <laughs> no, not at all. And then you're gonna be sweating okay. when you get there. <laughs> yeah I'm sure it's hot like all the time so the next thing I want to get into is like what is like actually being immersed in the culture and like what it's like being black in St. Thomas versus being black in the U.S. Mm -hmm. so my first question is well actually before we get into that are you just like mainly familiar with St. Thomas or have you traveled around to like St. Croix and like some of the other islands um, I haven't been to St. Croix yet, um, but I've been to 
St. John. I kind of went island hopping in the British Virgin Islands before COVID. Like I got to go to Virgin Gata and Tortola. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really nice because like everything is close. Like it seems like, oh no, the British Virgin Islands, but it's like, I look out my window and I see it because it's <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And like, would you say like, are there like huge differences culturally between each island, do you think? They're, yeah, they're definitely different. Like, um, the biggest thing that I observed is the food, honestly. <laughs> Uh, because that's my favorite part of traveling but um (laughs) you know like people just tend to like lump in Caribbean food as like all one thing yeah Caribbean people do not feel that way like (laughs) (laughs) so I mean I just go everywhere and I eat all the food but um things are like there's a lot of similar dishes prepared in totally different ways so they taste totally different you know and yeah yeah there are cultural differences for sure (laughs) Hmm. So, like, what's, like, I get, what's the best Caribbean meal you've had, and, like, what culture was it from? Oh, the best, oh, this is hard. Okay. Okay, I have a classmate. This is, she's from Puerto Rico, like, born and raised and everything, and, like, I don't even know what she made. It was just beautiful, like, all of it like she just one day was like hey guys i'm gonna cook for everybody you can come over to my house and i mean puerto rico is indeed caribbean you know so i'm gonna i'm gonna mm-hmm. give her that mantle because she definitely went she like made her own sofrito and then like cooked her chicken in it like slow cooked it and had like rice and beans and um, mm. fried plantains and avocado yes and like she had like pumpkin too she like really did it up and it was a lot and it was amazing Dang, that sounds really good. So switching from, I guess, like the food side of culture, what was like, what did you guys get to do for fun? Like, I don't know if you had any nightlife experiences yet and how does it differ from home, do you think? Um, I don't really go out like too, too much, like in terms of a nightlife, but it's, it is, it's a lot different here because to put it like bluntly, liquor is cheaper than water down here. <laughs> so like everybody just like drinks. It's liquor is everywhere. So like there are like clubs and you can take your drink with you when you leave somewhere. Like, oh, can I get this in a to-go cup? And they'll be like, sure. Like <laughs> take it to the next bar or whatever, like take it home. Like it's just, that's definitely different. That's a big culture shock kind of one. Yeah, that's a big I wasn't thing. expecting that at all. Like crazy <laughs> that's crazy um so I guess now switching back to what I originally introduced this like section of the podcast being but like <laughs> what was it like what's it like being black in St. Thomas versus being black on the east coast of the U.S. um that's a it's an interesting question for me because like I was born and raised in Maryland in Prince George's County which is predominantly black so yeah, I, that's true. I didn't have like a, I never felt like a minority growing up. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a historically black university at Norfolk State. Yeah. So I didn't really feel like a minority there. And here I am at another historically black <laughs> on a predominantly black island. Yeah. So I guess I hit the jackpot, but no. Um, 
it's it's different, I guess. Like I'm on a predominantly black island in a just about all white program though. So okay. it is really different. Um culturally here, people are so nice to one another. Like you can just walk down the street and people will say like good morning, all that kind of stuff. And like at home, I'm not used to that at all. Like you just keep it walking. Like if somebody says something to me, they probably want something, so I'm not gonna say anything back. Or I'm looking mean. And here it's not like that at all. Like People are really nice. People actually care about each other and everything, you know, like you're on the side of the road. Somebody's probably going to stop and be like, hey, do you need a jump? What do you need? Can I call somebody for you? So that's really different. That, that's okay. not about me being black. I'm sorry. That was, where did I go with that? Good Lord. Um, <laughs> being black, let me think. I gotta, I gotta think about this one. Um, I'm black, they're black. They yeah. hear me speak and they know I'm not from here. So people will ask like, oh, where are you from? And then I tell them like, I live 10 minutes outside of DC and everybody knows where DC is. So I guess it's an easy like conversation starter. Like I can just be in the grocery store and say, thank you for my receipt. And now I'm talking to somebody about like the National Monument or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's kind of cool. Like it's nice to just be able to stop and talk to people. It's nice that, you know, they're actually interested in you. Yeah, so it's like narcissistic. Yeah, no, it's not too heavy on like discrimination or anything. So that's good. Mm -mm, yeah. So what would you say is like your most memorable experience so far living there? My most memorable experience. Um, so for the second semester of for the first year of this program, there's a capstone project and our class project was on stony coral tissue loss disease. And we were looking at how uh, coral diversity differed um, at different sites where the disease had been there for different amounts of times. So we got to dive at a lot of really cool spots, like not just here on St. Thomas, but like closer to St. John. Um, we had more than 50 sites. So we just got to see like a lot of really, really, really cool reefs, um, some super diverse ones that hadn't been hit with the disease yet. And then like some other kind of sad ones, but just the diving experience in general, just being able to go to so many cool sites in such a small area. And like, it's literally just about like in my backyard, like I drive 10 minutes and then hop off a dock and then get on a boat. And then we're there, like, I don't know. I feel really fortunate to have that experience. Yeah, no, that sounds really nice. I'm like, um, I really want to get certified. I've been saying I'm gonna get certified for like the past year though. But I really do want to get certified so I can like start diving and like get into all that type of stuff. Um, so what would you say is one mistake that you made since being there? And by mistake, I mean like something like so bad that you're not going to do ever again. I let my tires wear down until they were bald. <laughs> <laughs> and something you can do here oh my gosh and I let my battery die on the beach it was just a mess like all my things are and my radiator hose exploded while I was driving one time it's a lot of car things how did you get it <laughs> what year is this <laughs> it is a 2005 Jeep Liberty and her name is Coconut and Coconut is old but she is <laughs> keeping the dream alive you know she's she's trying hard all right <laughs> Well, we're going to pray for Coconut and hope that <laughs> she gets you through the rest of this master's program. Um, 
Anyway, so now I just want to start to wrap up the interview. Just a few words of advice for our audience. And, and um, the first thing I want to say is like, what advice would you give to anyone looking to just visit the Virgin Islands? Probably like someone that hasn't been before. Um, what's like one thing that every new tourist must see or must do? Hmm. I would say bring a passport for sure so you can island hop and like go around and see things um and just one thing you must do there's some really cool like eco tours like usually people think you know um you're on an island let's go in the water all the time like everything is water related and it's like yeah that's really nice of course i mean that's like my career goal so not downing that at all but um there's some really cool things to do on land and you can get like historical tours that are involved with the environment that are pretty awesome. Yeah, you can kayak, you can just see all the things. All the and then what advice would you give to someone that's looking to move like you did? To move. Oof. I would just say watch like your attitude, you know, like gratitude. Wow, I didn't like the way that rhymed. <laughs> <laughs> Gratitude goes a long way. You know, a lot of things are different here. It may not be as comfortable as one is looking for or one is used to like living in the States and whatnot. Like air conditioning is not super readily available here. And when it is, it's expensive. Um, so it's kind of a give and take, like you're gaining a beautiful place to live, a lot of scenery, like a great community and everything, but some luxuries, may not be what you're expecting or you know everything isn't like living on a resort so i would just say enjoy the natural beauty around you and everything but don't get too caught up on the things you can't control and the things that aren't here that makes sense actually i have another question that i didn't ask before that i meant to and it was like basically like have you had any homesickness yet like do you think like I just want to go home. Um, I'm fine. I mean, I miss like Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> but like, as far as home goes, like, you know, you miss people and things like that. But it's not like a, like, I know a lot of people can get like rock fever because this island is 13 miles long. Like you're going to the same places, seeing the same things, seeing the same yeah, people. Yeah. But I was actually really surprised to find that that didn't bother me. Like, yeah, it's 13 miles, but there's definitely a lot to do, a lot to see, like, so much more than you would expect for such a small place, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. And so now my final question that I ask in literally every interview is, why do you think it's important for Black women to travel? I think Black women should travel because... The world is just such a huge place. It's so much bigger than what we know, what we see on a regular, like on a daily basis, you know, like we shouldn't limit ourselves. Like you can love where you're from and, you know, be happy there and not want to uproot your life, but your eyes just really get open to so much more in regards to what's in the world, the type of people in the world. You just learn so much and become so much more well-rounded when you travel. And I just feel like you'll never regret going to a new place, seeing new things, learning new things, meeting people, even if it doesn't go exactly how you, you know, wanted it to go or expected, you'll be better off for having done it. And I think everyone should travel. 
All right. Thank you, Alexis. I always love that question because I ask it every interview and everybody has their own little twist to it. But um, yeah, thank you for doing this interview so much. Um, if you guys haven't already, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the only way we can really see how you guys feel about the podcast. And yeah, thanks for listening.